Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I wanted to announce that uh, New York City now has 154 cases. This is from uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, live speech, and that New York is now ahead in number of confirmed cases of 420, uh, 421 to 420 uh, relative to Washington State. Um, but we do not have any uh, confirmed deaths from COVID-19 in New York State. So again, New York City has 154 confirmed cases and this, at statewide it is 421 and we are leading the country now in COVID-19 cases at this time. Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio, located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. And welcome to Hagman. It's the Hagman Report for today. It is Friday the 13th, and boy, is it ever. <laughs> if if you would if you would know what's going what has gone on behind the scenes today, you'd know it's Friday the thirteenth if you, you happen to be one of the super superstitious type. Yeah. Anyway, I want to welcome you to the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced. Speaking of truth, I'm going to get right into our first guest, Paul Cottrell. Uh, you know, we had Paul. I had Paul on. Uh, uh, I don't know a couple of weeks ago, and and a lot of people really sat up and paid attention to what what uh, Dr. Cottrell was talking about. Very popular. He's got a very popular YouTube channel. There it is on screen, folks, as you can see. Uh, do me a favor. Subscribe to his channel. Follow what he says. As, as well, while you're subscribing, also subscribe to HagmanReportLive.com uh, or um, the Hagman Report on YouTube as well. Um, the information that he provided initially, in retrospect, in 2020 hindsight, turned out to be accurate. So without any further explanation or further introduction, I want to get right to uh, Dr. Gattrall because uh, he's being very gracious with his time. He's a busy guy. Paul, welcome back, sir. Hi, Doug. How you doing? Shoot. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for your patience. We had some technical issues uh, bringing you on. I appreciate your, your patience with that. Um, uh, let's just get right into what's going on here. You know, um, it's we, we've got COVID-19, the, the, the virus versus... Uh, uh, the impact from what we're seeing as this virus and a mass surveillance state, which I believe poses a greater threat. So let's get right into it. Um, since your last appearance, a lot's, take, a lot's going on, and you turned out to be 100% accurate. What's, uh, what have you found out here, uh, or what's different since the last time you were on? Well, uh, one important uh, part to, to add to to what we found lately is that there's actually two strains. Um, it's uh, one strain is actually called the ATG13. We believe it actually came off of the Wuhan strand. Um, so we have actually two main genomes to look at. So and the virulence are probably different. When I looked at the HIV homology between the um, the Wuhan strand, we had a strong HIV homology. On the RATG13 strain, we have um, a little bit of a breakdown of the HIV homology. And that's why we think that the Wuhan strand came first 
and then the RATG13 came from that. Uh, that breakdown in the homology is actually uh, at the gig um, insertion point for the S protein. Now, um, that, so that's that's the news for how this virus has been mutating or evolving. All right. Now, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the United States at this moment. You know, we already have 1,200 cases. So I personally believe that there is um, psychological thresholds uh, in terms of confirmed COVID-19 cases. The first psychological threshold is 100. Then the next psychological threshold is 1,000. We've already passed that. So we're starting to see the panic buying. Uh, the real pandemonium will hit once we hit 10,000. And we're not that far away from the 10,000 confirmed case cases. And there is still a lot of uh, almost apathy out there. They don't realize that there, there is this, this virus is bioengineered and it's much more virulent than the, the common flu. Um, and but, but you know, you people need to take precautions. I, I didn't mean to over talk you. I didn't mean to over talk you, but, but, um, you know, I, when I look at message boards, specifically the conservative, politically conservative, they're saying, ah, this is you know, more, look at the deaths. I mean, more, more people have died from, uh, you know, from, uh, falling in the bathtub than the, than this virus. Speak to that if you don't mind. Well, I mean, falling in the bathtub is just pure happenstance. This virus is bioengineered, okay. and it was designed to ki- it was designed to kill. Okay, that's. I mean, the it, you know, that yeah. that's the point that I'm tr- trying to make is is that, that yes, there's lots of things that can kill you, like going in a car and getting in a car accident, right. or just you know normal uh, you know heart disease or whatever. But this virus was bioengineered to understand how it 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 uh, stays in the bat host. And it was leaked out of a very, very virulent uh, laboratory, what we call a level four laboratory. So this is not zoonotic. This is not your normal garden variety virus. This is something that is highly uh, dangerous. Now, I want to give you uh, a little bit of a perspective on the modeling that that I'm doing with this. We believe, all right, that... Half of the country over a 20-month period is going to get COVID-19, all right? This is not a two-month thing. This is, this is going to come around. There's probably going to be a secondary and a tertiary wave. We do not know if it's going to be attenuated or if it's going to get worse with each wave. We don't know. and We will not know until we, we go through that, that exercise, right? But if... The assumption is, is that the, tertiary, the, the, the secondary and the tertiary waves are as bad as the first wave. Then I believe that 165, roughly 165 million people in the United States, I know this is a big number and no one is probably publishing this what, other than on your show right now, but I believe 165 million people will be infected by COVID-19 in 20 months. All right. And I believe that the numbers on the Johns Hopkins database is compl- are 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 uh, deflated on purpose to prevent uh, panic and to prevent economic collapse. Now, um, that assumption, again, is is that the secondary and tertiary waves are just as bad or worse than the first wave. Second assumption is is that the the health constituency in our country is uh, is poor. 
either uh, because of health or because we have an uh, aging population. Uh, you know, we have a lot of diabetes, we have a lot of heart disease, we have a, a lot of other uh, underlying um, medical issues. These add complications if you get COVID-19. So that's part of, that's part of the, the calculus of this. So one-sixth of 165 million people will have severe uh, symptoms. Five-sixths will be mild. So the far majority of the country will only get mild cases. But the ones that do get severe cases, 25% of them will die because of complications to other underlying diseases. So what that means, when you do out all the numbers, it's about 6.8 million to 6.9 million people will die from complications to COVID-19 in the United States. So you're so, okay, just so I'm clear on this, 150 million in, in the population over the next 20 months infected, one-sixth of that. Well, I was using, I was using, I was using 330 as, a, as the oh, pop, th- 330 million as the population, but e- either way, if okay. you use 300, yeah. All right, so 100, uh, help me with the math, 165. 100, so, yeah, 165 okay. roughly. So one-sixth of that. 165 million. Okay, so so again, one sixth of that, the aging, the impaired, the the immune uh, impaired and such, Mute. right, right, uh, and, and right. the complications on twenty five percent of that one sixth is going to uh, suffer the ultimate consequence of death, uh, projected, perhaps. One one sixth of the uh, confirmed COVID nineteen cases will have severe will have severe complications. Right. Twenty five percent of those right. will die from COVID nineteen complications. Okay. Oh, oh, and, and this people have a tendency to think that this is going to pass by summer, and you're saying no, 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 no. The, the assumption that we're using is is it has the same epidemiological dynamics as the Spanish flu of 1918, where it lasted for 18, 18 months. I, I'm thinking this could last 18 months to 20 months. All right, and, and you were, I and it had you. you know it had multiple waves. Yeah, yes, it did, and people need to. I think people need to go back to that time and, and take a look at the at the documentaries. Some of them now, some of them uh, understate really what's ha- what what happened back then. But to see that it lasted, uh, you know, I think what uh, forty months about officially, you know, back in nineteen eighteen through twenty one. So people need to really understand how bad this could very well be. Um, and, and folks, Paul Cottrell has been doing a lot of work. I want to get this in sooner rather than later. How can people support your work, please? Because we need you out there to be sounding the alarm bells. So where do people go to well, support I've your been work? A, I've been a very busy guy. But um, to, to support, uh, you can join the Patreon account. They can, you know, just on my YouTube uh, videos in the description box, you can click on the Patreon account. Okay. I'm actually surprised the lack of, of um, subscribers on Patreon. Um, they can donate on my on my website. There is a uh, several donations that I receive, very generous donations, especially to you know cover international calls and stuff like that. Um, because I work with researchers in Europe, yep. we have come out with um, um, a list of of things that people can buy from their uh, from their natural food store that are antiviral, antimicrobial, um, cytokine. Um, calming type uh, nutraceuticals and homeopathic remedies just in case their doctor or healthcare system starts to break down. Because this is an important thing here. If you're sick, you should see your doctor because they have strong medication if they use it. Some of them are not using it. I don't know. But, uh, but 
the people that I do know in Maryland that are doctors, they have uh, cases that they're treating with chloroquine, which is uh, an antiviral. Um, it has a lot of side effects. It, 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 we have an abundance of it. Um, but I believe the better molecule is the remdesivir, but that's still in clinical trials, and we do not have enough of that, even if it passes clinical trials. So um, we're in for a bumpy road here in terms of what we can use. But there are some protease inhibitors that uh, doctors can prescribe that are very strong that I highly recommend. Um, but if your medical system starts to break down, you need to start thinking about how grandma you know, started uh, treating some of your ailments when you were young. Um, and because that may be the only thing you have. And so we made a whole list on how, you know, what to get the rosemary, the forskolone, the relora, um, the calendula, um, you know, um, birch bark, uh, licorice root, these sorts of things, you know, people that have been in the homeopathic realm for a while, uh, understand that these are antiviral. Yeah, you've done a very good job, by the way, in preparing people in that respect. And that's why I would urge everyone listening to support uh, Dr. Paul Cottrell, his work. There it is on Patreon. Folks, you know, look, um, he, he's generous with his time. He does his own research. He, he's researching with other uh, others uh, across the world and bringing you this information. All right. And and the link will be in the Hagman Report live program description box. Um, so, yeah, if you, if, you wanna, if you want the truth as opposed to you know, having somebody pee on your leg and telling you, tell you it's raining, of course. Uh, th- this guy, I believe, has the, has the truth. All right, so I didn't mean to kind of derail you. So, all right, so we, we, we left off with really uh, two cases, or really two types of, or, or the long-term, I should say, long-term uh, ramifications of this. Five, six, mild case, one, six, uh, not so much, and 25% of that really um, could possibly perish. Those, are, those numbers are pretty... They're pretty significant. Um, continue, please, with your findings. Well, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about again this BioPatriot Act that I, I talked yes. to you about. Um, we're starting to see the emergencies at the state level, and now we're going to see it at the national level when Trump announces a, a, na- a nation nationwide state of an emergency. Now that kicks in motion some federal aid to the states. So there's, there's a legal reason why they need to announce the emergency, but um, there's also legal powers that it launches. And I am very concerned about our civil liberties and the erosion of our rights since 9-11, um, specifically uh, due to the, the Patriot Act uh, and this never-ending surveillance state that we, we see growing. And, you know, the... the uh, high potentiality of social scoring in the United States. It's already instituted in China. And I believe what will happen is, is that because the economy is torn down, that it will force Congress to start legislating uh, policies and give more powers that will decash, it was called decashing, we'll no longer have coins and we will no longer have bills. And what it will have a digital currency that's issued by the Federal Reserve. Um, they may make uh, other digital currencies illegal. Not sure, but that's a potentiality. Okay. Um, but it will be issued by the Federal Reserve, and it will be under the auspice that, well, this is going to prevent contagion because of a pathogen. 
Now, the average public may see that as, oh, that makes sense. But the reality of it is, is that the banks are unstable and they want a decash system so you can't take the money out of the bank. They can, they can float it, they, you know, a two-day float. If you pull the money out, you, they can't float it. If you ask the money at the teller, they're supposed to give it to you, right, immediately. They can't float two or three days. Right. You're not going to stay in the line for two or three days. Right. So, 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 so this is, and they've been, IMF has been uh, looking at this since 2015 about decaching the world. So this opens up the opportunity for a decached world, which is one element of what I would call the Biopatriot Act. So we have this potentiality of decaching, and we also have the potentiality of forced vaccinations once they have the vaccine. Uh, which is a messenger RNA platform vaccine that hasn't been long-term tested, and they may force vaccinations um, just to get a job or to go to school. Like, for example, I've been accepted to medical school, so I had to go through a whole uh, health check, and I had to be, go through vaccinations. They, 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 they test my blood, and if my uh, antibodies are too low for certain vaccines, I have to get another vaccine. So just to go to medical school, I was forced vaxxed, all right? And I'm not pro-vax or anti-vax. I'm in the middle. I want safe vaccines, all right? I don't believe that vaccines out there are safe. Uh, And I think that we're over-vaxxing our children and and causing, um, you know, unique um, problems where, you know, they have autism and and, and different different diseases. But, um, you know... We, this may launch into a forced vaccine program that if you don't have these vaccines, you're not going to get a job. You'll have a low social score. So I'm very concerned about this rollout of a Biopatriot Act. And Congress is going to look at this as an opportunity to bring that in. And these, these agencies have some elements of power already. HHS and CDC has the power to basically detain you. Um, and confiscate your property under a you know under um, under a situation that we have like today where it's a you know pathogenic. Uh, if someone had TB, they basically lose their rights, and you get you know you get infirmed. So it's and it, now look at that across the country. Right. You know we're talking about big numbers here. Yeah. Uh, you know that that could that could that could fall ill to this. So, so what you're saying, if I'm reading this right, or if I'm hearing you correctly, I'm, I'm looking at an article by John Whitehead. Um, it was published about a week ago, uh, saying, you know, look at what China is doing, and uh, it doesn't matter what the nature of the crisis might be, whether it's civil unrest, national national emergencies, unforeseen economic collapse, the loss of functioning political and legal order, whatever the, the whatever it might be, um, there there are problems here as they create a system of surveillance and a system whereby people cannot, uh, for example, like you, you can't go to medical school without vaccinations. You're not going to be able to travel. Uh, you're not going to be able to use use money, cash, yeah, have a job even. Um, so there, there's a lot of potential issues here. And uh, social media credit scores assigned to China, uh, Chinese, we're, we're seeing that in China and uh, kind of coming in here, the real ID system, uh, real name system. Um, yeah, all of this. But what concerns me the most, and I think you're you're, you're dead on, is this economic impact. How uh, how we've seen what the markets have done over the last 
I don't know, three, four days, just this week alone. Uh, well, I, you know, just to add to, to this, Doug, uh, and this is where I really bring something to the table, not just at the scientific level with what I'm doing at Harvard, but uh, my PhD was, was in finance. And it dealt with chaos theory, and it specifically dealt with the, the data set pre-Lehman, during Lehman, and post-Lehman, okay? A 10-year data set on how to dynamically hedge. And I use, I studied a, a lot about the Lehman crisis and what happened to, to, to markets. And, and people that are listening have to listen very carefully, all right? The stock market is going to go down 40% or more from the high. That means the S&P 500, which was at about uh, 3,300 uh, for the high, uh, will go down to about 1,800, 1,700. All right. If you trade it as an ETF, that means you're going to see the SPY go to 180 to 170. It's trading right now at 250. I recommend everyone that has stock to dump it because you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And the reason why is that if you look at the VIX, the VIX index, right. it is at elevated levels that is the same as Lehman. That's a volatility. And if you look at the last 20 years, yes, if you look at the volatility index, the last time we saw elevated levels like we have is Lehman. It, is, it wasn't 9-11. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't uh, uh, the tech bubble. It wasn't when we invaded Iraq one or two or Afghanistan or or Iran issues. Oh. The, the last time we have seen this is Lehman, this level of elevation. Lehman was in the 80s. Right. All right. And we're at the 70s right now. And it normally, you know, a heightened alert in the stock market, and, you know, normally is around 25 or 30. And then it comes down really quick. It's called heterocydastic. But, but it's elevated. That means that the banking system is highly, highly leveraged and highly fragile. So, so we're, we're going to experience a theft of, of really of our wealth on a grand scale because of this. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of what you're saying, if, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. I mean, people, well, there's two ways to put, look at it. There's, there's some people that have money in, in, for savings uh, in the stock market and the, the stock market is going to sell off and you're going to lose, you're going to lose your money on that. Um, when they switch to a new type of uh, currency, this decaching, um, it's a resetting of the financial system and you're going to be hurt that way too. The, something similar happened during Roosevelt um, That's right. where they did a reset and they took people's gold. Yep. Yep. Right. So this is something similar, but it's it's your dollar bills that you could hide under your mattress. You can no longer have now. All right. It's right. something similar. It's different, but it's something similar. All right. So the banking system is stealing from you in, in, in a sense. Um, but another way to look at it is this: the the point one percent or the point zero one percent of of the population, the uber wealth wealthy. They have most of the wealth, or half, you know, more than half of the wealth. Right. Um, they mostly have it in the financial markets. They earned it through the financial markets. All right. If the market collapses and there's a reset, it's very possible that the Bill Gates, the Bill Gateses, the George Soroses, um, the Warren Buffets lose their money. 
in, in, a, in a strange way. I think that's what needs to be done. These, these uber wealthy types need to lose everything because they are part of the problem. I agree, just not at the expense of we the people. Um, well, I, well, there's the, right, right. That that there's the rub. Right. There's the rub, and here's you know here here's the here's the here's the. Um, I am concerned. I, I I'm a Trump supporter, and I will be a Trump supporter. All right. I'm going to vote for Trump. All right? right. But I'm very concerned how this situation will turn out at the ballot box in November. I believe this that if there is such a uh, a carnage that happens in the United States, as I'm predicting, all right, in the financial markets and on the, the, the health of, of the United States citizenry, there is a big chance that Trump will not be reelected. And there, there lies a whole new set of problems where it'll erode our civil liberties. Of course. So Trump's, Trump's advisors really need to be on the ball and, and, uh, you know, and manage this and be transparent and don't focus so much on the fi- the financial side of this, focus more on, tr- on, on containment. You know, I, again, I'm for Trump, but I really, I really do believe that he was a little too, too short, too late in terms of containment, all travel to the United States. When we were talking, Last that we talked, yep. should have been shut down. And that, that was on the seventeenth of February, not this by the way, folks. Cherry picking, right? Yeah, you know, not this cherry picking. So, and it, it's it, it's crazy in my mind. He said yesterday, "Well, we're going to shut flights from Europe, but we'll still have them from the UK." Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, you should have shut everything from that area. I mean, the UK has cases too. Sure, they do. Yeah, it just it just you know so. There, there, I think there's been too much of attention on, on the damage it could cause in the economy. And I can understand why, because people will vote based on their, their wallet. And that so they true. were trying to yeah. downplay and prevent the, the, you know, the, the economic shock of their policies uh, so it wouldn't hurt him in the election box. But uh, by them doing that, it actually made the problem worse. Okay. And now we have more cases and it's going to spread faster. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but how do you see this playing out um, from here? Just how do you see this playing out over the next, well, between now and the election? Um, How do you see this playing out in the worst case scenario or best case or just whatever you have worked out? All right. I'm going to I'm going to do the the worst case scenario and hopefully it gets better. All right. right. The worst case scenario is you're going to probably see uh, one million people that are going to be um, uh, critically ill or die before November. Right. Maybe two, maybe two million. All right. And the economy is going to be in free fall and we're going to have a recession. May not be a, a, um, uh, a def- the typical defined recession where you have two quarters of negative GDP, but in terms of the stock market, it's going to be below 40% from the high. Okay, right. so that's again the the SPY will be at about the SPY is going to be at about one one eighty one seventy, and people are going to get freaked out and they're going to start seeing layoffs. And uh, if that happens, I think Trump has a fifty percent chance of winning the election. Only a fifty percent chance, you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when uh, I spoke to someone who knew you were coming on, and uh, they wanted me to ask you this one question: Why is President Trump, having been exposed to uh, multiple uh, people with this COVID nineteen virus, why is why, why has he been so cavalier publicly? and not worried about his own health, that this comes from a, uh, actually a couple of people, but one in particular. Well, I, he, he's known to be a germaphobe, so it is strange. Right. Um, you know, I, it could be that maybe he feels that he's, you know, not vulnerable to it, you know, that, that, that he, you know, that he has a little like secret bubble around him that he won't get sick. It may be a it may be a leadership trait. Um, leaders, you know, uh, step up to the plate and you know they're not afraid. That could be it. Okay. Um, I think that that's probably the reason that that it's it's a leadership trait and that you know, leaders just do and don't worry about their own their own health, their own um, okay. you know their own personal situation. All right. Yeah. It was it was kind of a it was an interesting question when it, when I read it and I just wanted to ask you about it. Um, well, some people think that some people think maybe there's, you know, an antidote and, you know, that certain yeah. people only have the antidote. I don't believe that there's an antidote. Okay. So in, in, to wrap this up, and I apologize for the abbreviated time, uh, multiple or two strains of this, of the virus, uh, ATG 13, you named it as one, correct? ATG 13. Mm-hmm. And then the COVID-19, which was the Initial virus? Am I, well, am I using that? Well, here, here, COVID-19 is two main strains. Okay. The Wuhan strain and the, the RATG13. We it. only have a sequence of one RATG13 in the NIH database when I looked a few days ago. The Wuhan strands, there's over 30 now. So it's, it's important to understand that there are stochastic mutations that take place that are minor, very minor. But this evolutionary mutation for RATG13 is, is, is a major mutation okay. that, came from, that came from Wuhan. Okay, very good. Folks, uh, uh, Paul, I'm going to have people, uh, I want people, I'm going to direct people to your YouTube channel uh, and, and direct people to support you. I want to thank you. I apologize for the time issues, the abbreviated time that we had together. I want to say thank you for everything you've done from the 17th of February when you first came on to today. You've been right. You've been correct, sadly. And uh, I urge people to support Paul, his work, his research. He works hard. I want to say thank you so much for your, your time and coming on and giving, giving us this update. I appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. All right. Appreciate it. That was about Dr. Paul Cottrell. 